What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Shoot or Pass podcast on behalf of Baseline Times. This is Chevy here in the building. As always, you guys can find me at Baseline Chevy on the Twitter machine. And please give us a follow at Baseline Times on Instagram and Twitter. As always, www.baselinetimes.com is the home base for all of our amazing content, especially for the 2021 NBA playoffs. That's right. We have the NBA playoffs set to begin May 22nd here on Saturday. The Baseline Times NBA crew is excited. I'm excited. We are geared up for these playoffs. And also, guys, please check out BaselineTimes.com. We are hosting the 2021 NBA Podcaster Bracket Challenge. It is live. The playing tournament games are officially over. There's points on the board and we're not leading so far. So check out that tournament. Uh, it is amongst some of our podcaster friends out there that also podcast about the NBA. Uh, so welcome aboard to uh, Sixers Talk, Ben Barry, uh, the Close Up Magic, Stephen Cameron, uh, the Jarjor Brothers from SportsOnTap.com, and the Dime with Josh Rodriguez. Shout out to our competition uh, to start off this show, but without further ado, we definitely have to complete a show here and preview the playoffs for you guys on the Shooter Pass podcast, and I will not do so without my co-hosts. And today, I am joined by fellow co-hosts, as always, Robbie. What's going on? Are you ready for the playoffs? We're, we're down a man, though. Where is he? Yeah, where, where's Gabe, think, Chevy? Where's uh, Gabe? I think... I think we missed a memo here that he was a game time decision and he load management. Load management. Did not play coach's decision. Wow, pulling a LeBron. It's not like a case of him getting poked in the eye or anything <laughs> like that, right? Wow. Is he seeing, is he seeing I hope three not. baskets I think his eyes are trying okay. to shoot into one? I don't know, man. He's he's up there in age, so he might have been seeing some things. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, he will game. be missed. He will be missed. <laughs> no, now good. I don't have anybody to <laughs> to bail me out on on these heat takes today. It's just me against the LeBron stand mm. over here. Uh, how's, how's your Friday, Chevy? How's your day? Are you ready for the week? You know, it it. I really, I was really ready for it to be over. This playing tournament has been a little underwhelming to me. Um, seeing that all the seeds are kind of yeah. working out the way they started out before the yeah, playing that's tournament, crazy, right? but I'm ready for this playing tour. Sorry, the playoffs. This playing tournament was a little bit of a. It was interesting. I was very interested in seeing it happen. The problem with it was that I didn't really expect it to be un- this underwhelming. Um, so now I'm a little. Uh, Whatever, we need to tweak it for sure. I think Cody's sentiments from the other from the other podcast kind of echo in my ear. So right the now. Lakers Warriors <laughs> game didn't do enough to kind of No, but that was that's the highlight. I mean we got like basically uh a primetime game right before the season ended, I guess. A prequel to the playoffs. I mean it was a great game. It was fun. It was nice. I, I enjoyed like that. it. I like the vibe. I like that fourth quarter was intense. Um you know, yeah. refs help the Lakers out a little bit. Robert, how do you feel about Russell Westbrook and uh, the night that he played the Celtics? <laughs> do you feel like Russell Westbrook threw this game to avoid Kevin Durant in the first round? I don't know. I don't think he should have. I feel like, if anything, a guy like <laughs> Russell Westbrook would want to go right. up against the Nets. If, if so, more than anything, because, listen, we know that the Wizards wouldn't stand a chance against the Nets anyway, but, you know, Russell Westbrook can still make a name for himself in the playoffs it's true I, I i was thinking about that i made a comment to a buddy of mine i said you know you think russell westbrook was like nah you know they're like we'll just you know chill and try to play and be but then they're like nah you know he's got a lot of pride i don't think he would do something like that and i'm like uh i guess I mean, listen it was but... a pick your poison kind of thing because he was either gonna face the nets and get swept or face the sixers and get swept and we'll probably delve deeper into <laughs> that think... i don't know if you agree with me or not but i guess we'll talk a little yes. bit more about that <laughs> we will we will this so yeah absolutely let's get into it here obviously our 2021 nba playoffs preview episode here just the two of us here um you know robbie uh we always start with our mood what you got for oh, me this week you, you already know what my mood is you already know my mood 
I am CJ McCollum on Twitter tweeting about LeBron James and the infamous set of plays where he got poked in the eye by Draymond, got the foul, and then went on to make this crazy three-pointer to seal the win for the Lakers. And then in the post-game interview, (laughs) said that he saw three baskets in that moment and went for one of them. I'm sorry, Chevy, but he's been on set or sitting in production meetings for Space Jam 2 too much. Like, no one is seeing three baskets and shooting that accurately. Trust me, I've tried it. Maybe not getting poked in the eye, (laughs) but still. I'm sorry. Like, come on, man. Come on. It... It, you know, I had a lot of fun on Thursday morning, and uh, <laughs> it was, you know, it the the comments. LeBron can say anything out there in the world, and people just take it and run with it. I think it's beautiful. But uh, you know, the memes, uh, <laughs> the three baskets, man. I, I truly am laughing. I'm, I think it was funny. I, I honestly, I laughed. The fun part though was obviously because LeBron James hit the game winning three point shot over Steph Curry, oh, yeah. but. Obviously, it was still a great night. It was so cool to see it. And, you know, um, good sport to Steph because Steph was a very good sport. He was like, hey, you know, big-time players hit big-time yeah. shots and big moments. I mean, it just wasn't you that night, you know. But um, let me get to my mood here. This is a really interesting mood because I'm going coaches Ooh. here this time. Um, one of the coaches that I really liked, and I think this is he, – he, he faced a little flack for it from Pendra Perkins on ESPN, was Brad Stevens after, you know, beating the Wizards, clinching the seventh seed. Obviously, they asked him about going to play Brooklyn next. And he says, you know, it's, quote, it's really hard to make the NBA playoffs. These guys are the best of the best. Going in, um, going into that, if I'm a fan, a general fan of the NBA, I have a hard time seeing them lose. And, you know, everybody kind of took that the wrong way. You're like, oh, you're the head coach of the Celtics. You're going up against the Brooklyn Nets. Why would you say that? I mean, what are you supposed to say when you're going against James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, a Nets team that finished second in the East, a C, you know, one game behind the first seed Sixers. I mean, what are you supposed to say? You know, and that's my mood. He was honest. He was straightforward. Um, and he's down Jalen Brown. Uh, you know, you got Kemba Walker and, and what's next on the offense, Evan Fournier. I mean, that's my mood. I mean, shout out to Brad Stevens. I know Gabe was calling for his head last week on the show or the beginning of the week, but Nah, man. Shout out to Brad Stevens for for just being honest there, and I think as as realistic as he can be. I mean, is either that Robbie or Scott Brooks basically saying against um the game they played against the Celtics? Well, you know, we know we don't shoot three ball very well, but uh, we we probably should have gotten to the line a little bit more. So you're relying on the referees to basically bail out your poor three point shooting. Is basically what I'm hearing from Scott Brooks. Now I can give you a little far fetched take. On behalf of your your NBA mood, what's now, that? You know, Brad Stevens can be coming out in public and saying this. And what if what if this is a game of chess, right? What if he's saying this, you know, putting it out there to James Harden, Kyrie, and Katie that you know his team they're not really expecting to win this series, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's like some reverse psychology thing. And and the Celtics come in and and maybe catch these guys off guard and and steal a game from them. I don't know. You know, maybe they maybe maybe it's a game of chess by Brad Stevens. There, it's a mind games there. That's a good possibility. And you know what it is with that. Um, I but it's cool. It still makes me makes makes my mood look good. Then then shout out to Brad Stevens even more because Gabe was hating. Scott on Brooks him. is just a terrible coach. That's my take on that. That's our mood there. Uh, you know, again, without Gabe, a little somber, but it's okay. You know, we have plenty of basketball to talk about here in the next uh, couple of months. Um, obviously, Robbie, it is a pleasure. Everybody that's listening, again, www.baselinetimes.com. Shoot or pass. Let's get into a round of shoot or pass here. As always, I will read a statement. If we agree with the statement, we will shoot. If we disagree, we will pass. Uh, first shoot or pass here on the playoff preview episode, Robbie. There will be no sweeps. In the first round of the playoffs this season, shoot or pass? I'm going to say pass. I think that for sure there will be one. And look, I know I said the Washington Wizards were a dangerous team. But I meant to say that they are a dangerous team in the (laughs) play-in. They're not going to be dangerous against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers won the regular season series 3-0. Even with a 60-burger from Brad Lee Beal, um, 
Gafford, Robin Lopez, Alex Len are just bodies to Joel Embiid. None of them will be able to stop him. Ben Simmons will shut Russ down to Cruising Four. Boom. Yeah. Absolutely. I got to agree. I mean, there's two series I'm looking at sweeps, and, you know, I like to go heavy on sweeps. So, you know, especially in the first round, I mean, you guarantee at least one in the way that the modern NBA works right now. So I will pass on the notion of no sweeps in the first round. Uh, next shooter pass here. The team with the toughest road to the NBA Finals is the Milwaukee Bucks. Shooter pass, Robbie. I'm going to go shoot, but we have to correct this to say the winner of the Heat Bucks series will have the toughest mm. road to the playoffs. You have to win what is arguably the best series in round one, and then you'll have to probably face the Death Star of the NBA. Shout out to Reddit for that nickname. The Nets, who will be coming off a series versus a shorthanded Celtics team, um, which, you know, if if we take Brad Stevens quotes literally and he's really not playing any chess or mind games or reverse psychology, he's basically kind of throwing in the towel before the playoffs even start. And then you'd probably have to face a top seeded Sixers team who's flying under the radar and will probably have the easiest schedule to the finals and will have fresh legs followed by whoever ends up coming out of the West. So, you know, if it were to be the Bucks to win that series, then yeah, I would I would say that they would arguably have the toughest road to the NBA Finals. But they're not, so. Ah, okay, all right. Ah, mm-hmm. man. The toughest, wow. So, yeah, I'm looking at all this right here so far. Man, hmm. Milwaukee has the toughest. I, I, I don't know. I think I want to pass on that. I'm going to pass on it being really? the toughest. I mean, the toughest route. I mean, well, because we're throwing it. It's like you throw Brooklyn in the mix. And it's like, okay, just because you throw Brooklyn in the mix doesn't make it the toughest. Like, you know, I think. Hold up. What about the Sixers? The Sixers, too. But I think the problem is with the, this is just the Eastern Conference is that, you know, I think looking at. I'm I, Here's the problem is that my bias is towards the Western Conference because of how rich it is. And I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the standings today in the series. I'm like. Well, obviously, you know, we'll talk about these series, but, you know, looking at that, I just think the Western Conference might have a tougher pathway for certain teams. And then you get to see Brooklyn, and you're like, because I think eventually Brooklyn might pop up. So it's like, you know, if you got to win a championship, you have to see Brooklyn. It's like, it doesn't get any better, you know? So um, that's kind of where I feel like that at. Um, Well, I don't know if you can entirely rely on seedings to determine that, because... The Lakers are the seventh seed, and they're expected to still win it all. Like, they're basically not even underdogs versus the Suns and probably won't be underdogs in any series they play in. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, all right, it's okay. You got Milwaukee coming in, Miami. Whoever wins that series, they go on and play, obviously, Brooklyn. And then they go on and play Philly, Mm -hmm. and you're saying they're going to play someone in the Western Conference. All right, right, maybe. It'll be the Lakers. Yeah, right, arguably the, Lakers. the favorites still, other than the Nets, to win it all. So, you know, just my opinion, and I'm trying to steer you in my direction. I think, I think, I think it's I a think good it's sweet spot. I think it's working a little it's... bit. <laughs> I think it's a sweet spot in regards to the third and sixth seed where you kind of get stuck in the middle, where you basically kind of put yourself in a bind where if you look at Denver and Portland, you, one of those teams, you know, have to go on. And they're going to have to play either Phoenix or L.A., right? And then mm-hmm. that winner, you know, obviously if it's L.A., even if you beat L.A. or Phoenix, you still have to go in and play Utah if Utah gets into that to that, to that uh, Western Conference Finals. So, that, you know, I think the third and sixth spot in each conference is a very difficult spot, I would say that. So I, I think Denver and Portland also have a little bit of a difficult path. That's what, that's what we can agree on. They do, but realistically speaking, I think the Bucks have a better chance of actually making it to the finals than Denver and Portland do. Let's talk about uh, the Western Conference here now. Luka and the Mavericks are the underdogs with the biggest chance to pull off the upset versus their first-round opponent, the Los Angeles Clippers. Robbie, how do you feel about the Clippers coming into this playoffs? Shoot or pass? I'm going to say pass. Look, aside from the more obvious reasons, you know, Lakers are technically, you know, a lower seed, but they're still expected to beat the Suns. Heat have a great chance of beating the Bucks. Blazers will probably have their best chance to advance to the second round in this series by beating the, the Nuggets. Um, 
The Mavericks don't seem to have answers for Kawhi other than Maxi Kleber, who is now listed as probable to play, but will be coming off an Achilles injury. And listen, Zubak is a big problem for them too. And look, frankly, I- I'm not the biggest Clippers fan. You y'all have heard me go off on Paul George a bunch, but I think, you know, particularly in this series, they match up pretty well to the Mavericks. One, two, I think it's about time the Clippers and Lakers face each other off in a playoff series. And what better way for us to experience the Battle of LA than in the Western Conference Finals, baby? Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, pass on this too as well. Um, you know, it's it's the Clippers. They got to be ready for this one. It's it's their year. It's it's it. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm, I'm speechless about the Clippers, but I think that this is going to be uh, a good series for them to really get acclimated and really get their confidence together um, if they need to get that together and really work it out um, to be the team, you know, to go into the next round. I mean, we just talked about a little bit about what the path looks like for them. Uh, they get in and they will they'll draw Utah. And um, that's, you know, going to be, you know, that's going to be the difficult part for, for them too, right? So, but I, I think they're poised and set up for success. This year, but I I, I want to see this it. is their best chance to do it. it. Is. This is their best. It chance is, to and do and it. you know we. It really is. I mean, with and the contract with Kawhi too, right? So we talk about that. You know, it's it's now it's now or never. So yeah, I I think the Clippers, man. Um, this is not going to be an, an issue for them in the first round. Absolutely not. I mean, I think the growing planes with Luca too is the biggest thing. We you know we have to see this Mavericks team a little underwhelming this season too. Um, you know we talked about Porzingis yeah. the second you know him being the second option at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I no, I just don't see it happening here. Um, shooter pass. Despite the Knicks sweeping the regular season series, their first round series versus the Hawks will go seven games. I'm gonna go shoot here. I think that there could be up to three series in the first round that go seven games. Bucks Heat, Blazers Nuggets, Knicks Hawks, and I think you know before the show we were talking about this particular series, and I you know I think. I think this could be a series that surprises us, right? Um, the regular season record in this particular case has to be brushed aside. We know Julius Randle feasted, feasted on the Hawks. I mean, the Knicks went 3-0 and and swept them in the regular season. Julius was averaging 38-12-7. But him and the Knicks have yet to face the closing lineup of Young, Bogdanovich, Capella, Collins, and Werder, sprinkled in with some DeAndre Hunter, who's coming back from injury. That's important to note because they struggled mightily in the closing minutes of games. I think these teams are more evenly matched now, and like I said before, this could be a low-key fun series to watch. I'm kind of pumped for it. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with this series too. Um, I personally, I'm going to go Knicks in six. Um, just to throw that out there, wow. and also shout out to all my Knicks fans. Um, you know our our one, you know that we know mutually is Josh of the Dime. Um, you know who we're currently going up against. By the way, Robbie, we are not number one. Mister Ben Barry is uh, off rip. Yeah, he's been talking a lot of shit. Yeah, like over it. And um, we need to we need to beat his ass. Yeah, that's. We, 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 you know, we'll love you, there. Ben Barry. We'll get there. <laughs> we, I, you know, shout out to the Knicks, though, for real. I, I love everything about Knicks fans and listening to Knicks fans this year. So they've got me hyped, but I got Knicks in six here. Um, so I don't think it's going to go seven games. I'll pass on the notion of that, but I think it's going to be a fun series. The biggest thing about this series, too, and, you know, we'll get a little more into it as well, but it is really getting to watch Randall um, and seeing, you know, Trey Young's playoff moment, too. So I think that is going to make an exciting, um, definitely we'll jump in and talk more about this series, but I don't know about that one going seven. But you might be right, though. I think there's a couple of them here on the first round. You said, at least in the Eastern Conference, you got about three of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Uh, I, I can see it. I can see it. I mean, I think that, I that would make up... I exciting first round. I think that would make up for maybe a little bit of the underwhelming season we've had so far to just give us a little bit more basketball that's playoff intensity. So give us more, give us seven games and, you know, go ahead, do your thing, Nick. We deserve it, Chevy. We deserve it. Yeah, you know what? Wishful thinking. I like that, Robbie. Wishful thinking. All right, let's go ahead and talk about first round series X Factors here. 
We will talk about Saturday's games and Sunday's game, Sunday's games to keep you in sync here so far. Uh, coming up first on the schedule, Robbie. Ah, <laughs> oh, we have first. I'm rubbing my hands together. Oof, we have <laughs> the first game of the 2021 NBA playoffs. It is the Miami Heat visiting the Milwaukee Bucks for Game One. What's going on, Robbie? Talk to us. Fill us in. What's All going right. on? Bucks Heat series x factor one word adjustments particularly from mike budenholzer because his job is on the line here what will he do with the rotations will he finally run his offense through his stars Giannis, drew holiday chris middleton those guys outscored opponents by 264 points went on the court together will he adjust when something isn't working, we know you, we know the history of Mike Budenholzer. We've talked about it a bunch, and so you know he's he's got more depth now. Let's see what he does with it, and uh, adjustments will be key for the Heat too, because it's very obvious that this isn't the same team from the bubble. Can the Heat reestablish the same balanced attack that they had in the bubble? We know Jimmy will be ready. Maybe Bam uses this uh, Defensive Player of the Year snub to prove a point. Um, but can we really expect Goran Dragic to average close to 20 points per game like he did in last season's series? I'm not sure. This is a very different Dragic this season. Can Deadman and Ariza compensate for Crowder's absence? Can none, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero catch fire again? Um, with that said, I... You know, there's all these questions coming in here, but I, you know, Jimmy Butler came out and said he's stupidly locked in. I don't even know what that means, but I'm sold. I'm sold. I do think it'll be a tougher series. Home court advantage will play a big role in this. Um, the Heat definitely need to steal a win or two in Milwaukee, and I think that they can. Heat in seven, baby. Mmm, there it is. Wow. You know, um, Milwaukee, Miami. Wow. Again. And uh, I think the biggest X factor here, too, for me, definitely is the addition of a Drew Holiday. Um, you know, obviously he scores a little bit more, uh, shoots a little bit the ball a bit better, a little bit more of like a, a natural, you know, uh, shoot first point guard. Uh, the only thing with Milwaukee, again, is, you know, there's spurts of a game and a game where, you know, you saw it against um, Brooklyn um last month where you know they they'll they'll pull away but then let the team back in and and that's the thing about Miami is Miami could steal a game or two you know just just hanging around being in it and we've seen games where Miami's down eight or nine points and all of a sudden now they're up two three points and they're closing the game out and they're winning the one thing that I like about Miami and, and this heat team that was in the bubble is that they closed games and that's the biggest thing that Giannis has to do and the Bucks have to do um, the adjustments, big thing too, Robbie. I, I would agree with that hands down. So, yeah, I think right now is closing games for Milwaukee. I think that's the biggest factor. If they, the, I think the Heat are going to keep these games close. There's no question about that. The intensity, uh, defensively, they have to if they even want a chance to win the series. If you're on Miami side, oh man. But you guys are going to kill me because I'm going Bucks and six. I'm going Bucks and six for now. For now, Bucks and six, Robbie. I told you this is the year that we're going. <laughs> this is the year that we're gonna have to. We're gonna fight a little bit on this podcast. No, you're gonna agree. What? I think. I think my I had to change of heart. Giannis. Giannis. I'm logging off. I think Giannis has to. He has to make the difference. I mean, there's no other way that the Milwaukee Bucks move okay. on because you go on and you're gonna play who? You're gonna so... play the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, if you can't compete and and show some dominance over the miami heat as great as the miami heat as a team they are you have a problem going into the series against brooklyn in my opinion so you got to show it this series but the good thing is i think it's a battle uh to prepare you you know for war against brooklyn next round all right let's talk about the next series here uh clippers and the mavericks series so uh the clippers and mavericks will tip off in los angeles um Midday Saturday, uh, this game will feature, obviously, the two All-Stars, Kawhi and Paul George, as we talked about here. Robbie, how are you feeling about this series? Clippers, Mavs, Series, X-Factor is going to be all about finishing. Chevy, get your mind out of the gutter. 
I mean, finishing strong <laughs> when the game is on the line because oh. both of these teams mm -hmm. have a tendency to not be able to keep it up when it matters most. We're all very familiar with playoff P, pandemic P, way off P, and Kawhi Leonard practically shriveling up in fourth quarters. While the Mavs have improved in this area, thanks to guys like Jalen Brunson, Maxi, and Tim Hardaway Jr., who I think is going to have to have a big series, um, they're going to have to, you know, keep it up to go to this the distance in the series. Luka's going to be Luka, but he's going to need help. And look, I've said it before. I don't know what KP is going to do in this series or how long he'll last. I hope he proves me wrong. But, you know, I don't think KP is the second option for Luka. And this series is only going to expose that even more. I've got the Clippers winning it in six. Mm, yeah, that's good. You know, um, this series here, I, it's one of those that I could just look at and tell you definitely the Clippers, like we kind of alluded to at the beginning of the show. Um, I mean, you know, it's it, it's as much as I want to see Luka progress here. I think what the definitely what the Mavericks need as a as a ball club is Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, you need guys like Maxi Kleber. You need um, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. You need guys like that to come in and and hit shots and consistently do that. Um, if you have a guy like Porzingis who just really isn't. A guy that's available um and availability is a big thing too because it's, it's the same situation that happened last year got remember um you know luca hit that big shot that forced it to what maybe a six game series without that shot it's it's a five game series so you know i think this can very well go five games if you ask me Ooh. i probably I'm, I'm gonna go dallas um is gonna be losing this five so games you've lost faith too. in um, luca so the god huh? just the the this roster just doesn't tell me that i i can trust them to just maybe you know we, we don't we don't want to pick them as like a a team to upset the, the clippers and that's you know i don't think the clippers i don't think the clippers are, are going to be phased this series that you know they weren't phased last series no the, the nuggets gave them fits you know last year i know it's a different year but man i don't know i just don't think that you know i'm comfortable with this this um roster next to luca right now for the mavericks so until they find another all-star next to luca that is a little bit more solidified and available than kp remember though we all agree kp was going to be that third option at some point so i don't know man this is going to be a series though where we're going to see a lot of luca um definitely but i think what's also interesting is that i really want to see how tyron Lue decides to defend him um if we do see a lot of double teams for some other guys to make shots and that's to me where the mavericks either you, you make or break yeah them. i mean if tim hardaway jr can can, you know, he's been playing really well. He's been shooting very well. So if he can keep it up, I mean, right. you know, he might be able to come in there and, like, kind of supplement or complement what Luca's doing, especially if he's getting double teamed and stuff like that. Right. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Is I'm really interested in seeing how they how uh, Luca handles that. You know, if you, and Luca has been frustrated this season, too, especially. So I think, you know, if you frustrate him enough that this this series can go kind of south or you know early on if if you see the mavericks go down you know you know 2-0 it's it, it could be very well a sweeper five games if it, if it's that matter i mean not to and i'm just assuming that the clippers are going to come out and be the clippers that they want to be so let's just hope for that we we can always hope that sometimes wishful thinking has us that way off he might come back but we'll, well i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and we'll see what happens here um Moving on to the next game of Saturday is the Celtics and Nets series, Robbie. Um, you know, we talked about this here. <laughs> it's, you know, are we, are we, are you bringing the brooms out? Do I hear that? The dustpan coming out? Uh, well, you know, I think that the X factor here is going to be who dominates the paint, right? We know the Nets have a glaring weakness that could haunt them if they were to make it to the finals. They're bigs, they're defense. If the Celtics stand a chance here, they are going to have to post up, get them points in the paint, challenge shots at the rim, and get rebounds. Why? Because the Nets are 23rd in defensive rebounding rate and allow 15.3 second chance points per game. That is tied for most in the league there. And look, for all of their shortcomings, the Celtics have some good rebounders. Um, I also, you know, for that reason, and because Jason Tatum is on this team, I'm going to say... 
Nets in five. I'm going to give the C's one win in the case that, you know, Jason Tatum has another, like, 50-burger um, or, you mm-hmm. know, Darth Vader, Tarkin, and Palpatine take a game to get their shit together. Nets in five. <laughs> That's a f- which game you think the Celtics could take uh, out of they, this one? They're probably gonna win one at home. Could be like game three or four. Yeah, game three. Yeah. Although if they go down zero and two, they might Maybe. just I, I, they might just throw in the towel like for real, for real. Wave the white flag. Yeah. It's it it sounds like Brad Stevens was down to do that anyway. <laughs> Anyways, but I, I will say this though: when it comes down to this series, I, I'm definitely going sweep here. I think it's it's a no nonsense thing for for Brooklyn. For me. I'm just I'm saying with Brooklyn, you know, off rip here. I it just they just I don't know how to explain their season. I just can't. Like I try to write about their season today, and I just can't. Like you literally had a rotation that you know James Harden joined the team what with a month within the first the season, and the beginning of January, right? So it was not even a month into the season, right? And you have James Harden on this roster. Then you circulate KD out. Then you put in Harden. Then you circulate Kyrie out. And then you got KD coming back. And then it's just like, you look at the, the season standings and they're like, wow, they have the fourth best record in the NBA. They're one game behind the Sixers for the one seed in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they're, they're, they're three all-stars probably pay, played maybe, what, 10 or nine games altogether. Um, head coach Steve Nash, first year. On the coach behind him is uh, Mike D'Antoni. Um, this team has some success. They have some hardware, some MVPs, a couple of rings between KD and Kyrie there. A few rings, I should say. I mean, there's experience, and I always bet on experience. So this Brooklyn Nets team for me, if they turn it on, it's a sweep. Um, I would love to see Jason Tatum just break out and keep these games close, but I just don't see it happening. I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at this, you know, front front court for Boston and Tristan Thompson, Grant Williams, Aaron Neesmith. I mean, these are the guys you're asking to defend and run around and chase around Kyrie and James Harden. And then, I I mean, what maybe Taco Fall? <laughs> Taco Fall signing for, for KD? <laughs> I mean, Brad Stevens, man, he's got, a, he's, uh, he's got his work cut out for him. I'll say that. He sure does. But um, I, I'm going to sweep. I'm bringing the brooms out. All right, let's talk about the late game for Saturday. The last game will be the Blazers and Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets are the third seed here, Robbie, and they finish uh, third place with the MVP candidate, Mr. Nikola Jokic here, and it's against Mr. Dame Time. What you got for this series? This is really interesting. What do you think? All right, X-Factor here for the Blazers and Nuggets is going to go to one man. One man can make the difference for Denver. His name? Facundo Campazzo. This is Denver's biggest Mm. chance at containing Damian Lillard. According to NBA matchup data, Dame went 4 of 15 from the field, 2 of 8 from 3, for 12 points, 3 assists, assists, and 3 turnovers when defended by Faku this season. Listen, the Nuggets are going to need all the help they can get with Jamal Murray out, and I think the series can go to the distance if Michael Porter Jr. and Jokic shoot their brains out, and then if Faku, Aaron Gordon, Austin Rivers, those guys can contain Dame, CJ, and Norman Powell. Um, I I think that I think that Jokic has something to prove here, especially with Jamal Murray out. Um, and, and that's probably him. And and you know, Faku's impact are gonna be like the biggest reasons why I think. They can go the distance. The series could go seven games. But like I said before, this is the Blazers' best chance to advance to the second round. Um, and and for that reason, I got Blazers in seven. Mm. You know, it's it's really interesting. I, I really agree with you 100%. I'm looking at these two teams today. And, um, you know, for me, I've always said about Jamal Murray, incredible player. I love Jamal Murray, but... I think he's more of a, just a, a natural scorer for, for uh, Denver. And so when you think about that as a point guard, um, you know, he creates that dynamic. Now you, you don't have to have like, you're not losing a facilitator in a sense because Jokic is your facilitator, right? What is 8.3 assists per game? So, you know, now you're looking for guys like 
you know, Gary Harris, Monte Morris, uh, Will Barton, he's not going to be available for game one, but I mean, if he is available, um, those are the guys that you're going to be in the backcourt playing and you want to be able to have them to be able to see a little bit of success, shoot the ball, you know, cut to the basket, you know, feed off of Jokic. And I think that's the biggest thing that they can do to overcome missing Jamal Murray because Jamal Murray can get his own shot and, you know, he can, he's a very you know great scorer in the NBA. So you, they're just going to have to work a little bit harder for the baskets, right? And and I think that's what's going to come. But the good thing is, in a sense, is that Portland isn't really rated one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And if this is a higher scoring game and a higher scoring output for a lot of these games, I, I think it favors Denver in a sense. Um, I see it going seven though, Robbie, but I'm tipping my hat to Denver because I, you know, I think Jokic is the MVP, but I'm so torn. This is the one series I was torn about in the first round, to be honest with you. Huh. Um, so, so you got them in six? Lasers no, in six? I'm going Denver. I'm Denver in seven. I wow. think it goes the distance. Okay. I'm going okay. Denver in seven, but I, I think again, it's just, you know, I think defensively, I like Denver better. So they, I, I and I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'll give a hot take for this one. I think one of these games, um, Portland loses by double digits. I'll say that maybe game two. Okay, that's not completely unreasonable. Here's the thing: is <laughs> I thought that this series would, you know, would not have been as close because Jamal Murray's out, and because you know, remember last last playoffs, Jamal Murray had his coming out party. I mean, he cemented himself last year in the playoffs. Right. And his production is something that Denver should be really missing a lot. And of course they will. But Denver's been playing pretty well without him on the court. Exactly. So part of me is just like, yo, they might still have a chance here. Exactly. And I and I think again, it is something to do with just the style. It's the scoring that they'll miss. Um the flexibility of, of Jamal Murray and his ability to create a shot. So it's it's good. they're gonna have to work hard on the offensive end. But I think you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens defensively. Whoever comes out on top and can, can it's it's going to be a grind of a series. And, I, and I'm, I'm here for it, you know. And these two teams are familiar playing seven-game series. Denver played the seven-game series last year against Utah. Um, and, you know, it's it's the same thing. You know, I, I think that – and it, here's the track record for Portland. Portland has to turn the corner, though, Robbie, because this is the eighth NBA season. They're in the playoffs. And the furthest they've gotten is into the Western Conference Finals in the 18-19 season. And the best that they've done is got they've gotten swept <laughs> in the Western well, Conference yeah. Finals. Well, yeah, somebody's job might be on the line here. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's move on down to the Sunday games here. The earliest game on the schedule will be 1 p.m. tip-off. The Wizards will be visiting visiting the Philadelphia 76ers. And, um, wow, we uh, have a we had a prequel here, Robbie. Uh, so, apparently, the Wizards had to play two extra games just to get into this eight seed here. So, uh, here they are. Um, yeah. Are you bringing the brooms out? Because I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the X factor in this series here will be Matisse Thibel. Um, everyone talks about Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and how good they are defensively, but this guy's a hell of a perimeter defender and can make the biggest impact in this series without scoring a single shot. With Ben Simmons on Russell, um, they're going to need someone to contain Bradley Beal to complete the sweep. And listen, Bradley Beal, that 60-point game he had, Danny Green was his primary defender. And in that game, Beal was only 2-6 and six against Matisse Thibault. And then in the last game uh, that they faced each other in the regular season, he only scored 19 points. And that was because Thibault was, you know, defending him a bunch. Um, yeah, other than that, I think health is going to be a factor for the Sixers. Just stay healthy. Don't get hurt. Nobody get hurt. Um, and yeah, for that reason, I you know I, I I don't expect this to be much of a challenge for the Sixers. You know, maybe Russ gets I don't I don't even think Russ will get his. Uh, Bradley Beal might get his if they you know if they throw Danny Green on him or Shake Milton on him. But uh, listen, I think that Ben Barry is gonna be waiting around with his brooms and he's gonna sweep <laughs> up the courts in Philadelphia. <laughs> 
that other Ben, man. Yeah, I agree. I got to agree with all that. I, I really don't have anything else to say beyond that either because I'm I'm on the I'm on the Sixers train, man. We we are fans. Like I'm reaching with that X factor, you know. <laughs> we know Matisse Thybul is gonna have a good series, but I'm just reaching just in case. But really, you know, there's not really an X factor here. There's no competition here, Chevy. We it, know that. It, it it really is. But I mean, you know, shout out to the Wizards for going through the playing tournament. I mean, it's just you know it. Ah, I it makes me wonder, you know, what the NBA thought about this concept because it it really just doesn't look cool at all you know to see these teams just really cement the seed they started with before anyways let me not rant about the playing tournament too much it's not that bad but um (laughs) you know coming into this you're starting to sound like cody over here i know we we but we could have been talking about this series like three nights ago i mean come on right like (laughs) you know but hey here we are i got it you know i think i'm definitely team Embiid. um obviously Big fan of what Ben Simmons has done this season, and um, yeah, I I got ghost. I you know, shout out shout out to the Sixers, man. Um, midday Sunday we have the Lakers and Suns. Uh, <laughs> another play on playing tournament team here, Robbie. The Suns enter in as a second seed, and um, the Lakers are somehow maybe favored. <laughs> oh come on, Chevy, come on. Come on. I'm actually surprised that they w- this wasn't the primetime game. Me too. Because they're playing at like 3 in the afternoon on a Sunday. Yeah, well, you know. I guess if they're going to do it anytime, it should be on a Sunday, right? Yeah. But, uh, okay, so my X factor in this series is going to be DeAndre Ayton. Yep. The stage is set for him to rise to the challenge, and the Suns are going to need him to do to really rise to the challenge. Because he's going to be tasked with, you know, primarily defending Anthony Davis. And he's going to have to be consistent. We know consistency has been an issue for him. He's going to have to stay out of foul trouble. Because, I mean, who else is who, who else do they have to defend AD? Frank Kaminsky? Dario Sarge? Nah. Those two are going to be barbecue chicken. And listen, Jay Crowder can come in to help. But he's too small. He can only do so much. DeAndre Ayton is the interior presence for the Suns. And, you know, if he doesn't have a big series, the Suns are fucked. I mean, either way, I still have the Lakers winning in six. Um, I, I think that the Suns can potentially win one at home. And, you know, LeBron likes to have his little feel-out game, game one. So maybe they lose game one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What if the Lakers go down 0-2? You know, LeBron's feel-out game, game one. Suns win the second game at home. That could be a little spicy. But, I mean, other than that, the Lakers are probably going to win this series. And I got them in six. Facts, yeah. I, I, I'll i take Lakers in six, though. I agree definitely with your X factor there. And, you know, we, we kind of previewed that a little bit um, a couple weeks ago where, you know, after we saw Anthony Davis kind of demolish them for, what was it, 46 points, 42 points mm-hmm. um, in the regular season at the end there. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't really prove much for uh, Phoenix. Um, you know, Shout out to them though. I think they've they've rightfully earned the second seed. Um, I don't want to throw any disrespect to Chris Paul either. You know, obviously the Lakers will be favored in the series, but <laughs> I mean that's what happens. The you can't blame the NBA for wanting to have this playing tournament, and then obviously you have guys that miss uh, time for the Lakers. So it's just everything just lines up very poor for Chris Paul uh, yet again. That's the saddest part about this. <laughs> That's what I'm really hating. It really sucks, right? It really does suck. (laughs) That's what I'm hating about this series. So, uh, Lakers and six for sure. I mean, hands down, got to uh, you. You know, Robbie. I'm feeling good, Robbie. After uh, you know, my the eyewash, feeling good. Okay, feeling good. Okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about the Eastern Conference here, a Hawks and Knicks series, X factors as well. Uh, We did mention this could be a fun series here. How do you feel, Robbie? Yeah. Again, low-key could be a fun series. These teams are a little more evenly matched than, than what they portrayed in the regular season. Mostly because, you know, a lot of injuries um, cause people to be out for some of these matchups. The X factor in this series, I believe, will be bench scoring, especially for the Knicks, because as much as Tom Thibodeau wants to run, wants to play Julius Randle for 48 minutes a game, he's got to rest him at some point, and... The Hawks have depth, but the Knicks don't have as much depth. So guys like Alec Burks, Derrick Rose, quickly, 
even Frank Nitlakina will have to step up not to just contain Trey Young and Bogdanovich, but to shoulder the scoring load when Randall is on the bench. And so, you know, when you think about that, um, I'm still going to give the edge to the Knicks in seven, but this could be a toss-up. This could really be a toss-up. I just mm. think, you know, it's in the cards for the Knicks this year um, yeah. to to make a little run. I, I don't know that, you know, if they if they beat the Hawks, I don't think they go beyond the second round, but it's still like, you know, they're like the Cinderella team, sort of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that I I'm still definitely sticking with Knicks and Six for sure. Um, I've I I like defense. You know, I'm a big fan of defense, and I, when I see it on paper with the Knicks and and, and Tom Thibodeau as the head coach behind it, it's I favor it. So I go with the Knicks and Six. I say this, you know, the biggest X factor here too would be uh defending the paint, uh, especially against Trey Young. Um, if you can do that and contain them, I, it's and it's doable, right? The, on the flip side, though, which doesn't help my case, is that they don't do, you know, Alfred Payton, you know, these guys aren't going to do a great job defending Trey Young. And so for that, you know, I think that it comes with a couple games where you feel that out and you figure it out and you lose those games. But ultimately, the Knicks win in six because of home court advantage, things like that. Um, yeah, you know, it's it can be. It could probably could be a fun series. Uh, I don't think you <laughs> so. Do you expect a lot of offense? You know, I, I don't know because what if the, it is a, a strong defensive game from the Knicks? You know, that's the part that you know. Obviously, we could probably see Trey Young maybe break out and have a Steph Curry like game. That would be fun too. So that's the fun part about this series. I mean, are any of these two teams coming out and making a serious contendership run for the East or the Finals? Probably not. But Knicks is six. That's where I'm at. Shout out to the Knicks fans. You guys have been on. Oh yeah, you've Knicks it fans are, are going to be taking over Atlanta. There, there, it's going to be home field advantage for exactly. home court advantage for the Knicks the entire series. And that's another reason why I give them the slight edge because I think more so this year, especially after not having fans for most of the season in yeah. the court, on the court, whatever, in the fucking arenas. I'm like losing my, yeah, whatever. I'm watching this game on one screen. I have my rundown on the other. And then I have I'm making sure that things are working on Zencaster on the other. But, um, yeah, that's another reason why I give the edge to the Knicks. Is yeah. you know they're gonna have home court advantage after all this time. I think that that that's really gonna play a role and may sway things for all of these series. Really. All right, let's talk about the last game on Sunday night. Will be between the Grizzlies and Jazz. The Jazz will host the new A seed Memphis Grizzlies. Robbie, series prediction and X factor. X factor, three pointers. The Jazz shoot a lot of them. And make a good amount of them. 16.7 three-pointers on average per game. First in the league. The Grizzlies? Eh, you know, 11.2. 24th in the league. Valanciunas can try to neutralize Gobert to create space for his guys to get in the paint. But what he and the Grizzlies really got to do is get Gobert away from the rim and make threes to have a chance here. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that happens. I think that the Jazz are very excited to be facing the Grizzlies over the Warriors and the Lakers, and this is going to be a full-on sweep by the Jazz. Hands down. I, yeah, I got to agree. Either way, I mean, it was a little shocking. Maybe this playing tournament worked a little bit, but hey, here we are. Uh, unfortunately, you know, for Memphis, it's it's redemption. That's what it is. To me, it's redemption. You remember last season, they were the team that had a little bad faith in the bubble. They lost Jaron Jackson Jr., and they didn't look like the same team in the eighth seed. They had to play against Portland, lost the eighth seed, so redemption it is. Um, but unfortunately, you're playing against a very, very good defensive basketball team, the Utah Jazz. Um, yeah, I, I don't... They also don't have a big three-point threat. And, and that's, that's the thing, that's too. That's going to be your best way to beat the Jazz. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing too. It's just the shooting of the Grizz. See the, the see the game against the Grizzlies and Spurs was like the perfect matchup. I mean, two teams just don't shoot the three ball that well, and then you get to play Utah, and yeah, that's not going to look well either. But I think great um, experience for John Morant, a great learning experience too. I think that'd be yeah. awesome for him. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'll bring the brooms out here for sure. The Jazz will be cruising on into the second round. Yeah, I look forward to Jean Morant take, you know, going far in the playoffs, but 
it's not going to happen this season, and it's very unfortunate. And you got to give a guy like him a shout-out, too, because on a team like that, because you look at a guy like Zion Williamson, you talk about these younger guys, these super young guys, and I feel like John Morant might have a little chip on his shoulder and a little, you know, a little overlooked and underrated swag to him in about a year or two where people are, like, talking about Zion, but Ja's been having some success early on um, with his yeah. team and then that ball club because they, they're they're in the mix of a playoff conversation when Zion Williamson, what we were talking about two weeks ago, about this team being underwhelming and maybe there's an issue with the team? Of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, so shout out to Ja Morant for sure. Studs and does. All right, let's do some studs and does of the 2021 NBA play-in tournament here. Uh, regardless of what I've said for the, you know, based on the tournament, we will pick some studs <laughs> and does still. We'll we'll still entertain it here, Robbie. Um, yeah, let's talk about some studs. Who do you, who do you, who did you like in this play-in tournament? My stud is Jason Tatum. The Celtics were dead in the water, or so we thought, because they right. still managed to get in the playoffs despite injuries and turmoil that they've experienced this season. And they only had to do it in one game. And that game was, uh, you know, it, it was led by a 50-point performance by Jason Tatum. I mean, he was doing it all. And I gave the Celtics one win versus the Nets. And listen, it, if Brooklyn's defense is that bad in that series, maybe, maybe the Celtics steal another one. But yeah, my stud is Jason Tatum, for sure. Right. Yeah, I gotta agree with that too. There's no other way. I mean, a guy drops fifty points, a fifty piece in a game in a playing tournament, yeah. almost like a prequel or preseason to your playoffs or whatever you want to call it. I mean, the man had to go out and drop fifty willed, points. Yeah. Oh yeah. He <laughs> Just, literally willed the Celtics into the playoffs. He's like, Brad, <laughs> shut up! Don't throw in the towel. I want to play in the playoffs. <laughs> He was literally in the seventh seed. He had to go drop 50 points one night just to reclaim the seventh seed again. It's just, uh, anyways, yeah, it's no other yeah, stud. It's, it's you know, not even Steph Curry, I, I think, could have overcome this uh, just the way that, you know, just, just win it out, just put it all on the line, just go into the playoffs. But that's good, you know. I, I love, because I'm a Tatum guy, big Duke guy. But I love Tatum. He, he's, he's there. It's, you know, the bad faith of injuries and that, that Danny Ainge roster. Um, but I got to agree with that. No other person um, for the week. How about your duds? Do you have any duds or anybody specifically? Yeah, I got a dud. It's it's a group mm-hmm. of people. It's the mm-hmm. Hornets. Mm-hmm. And to quote Kevin Hart, they wasn't ready. <laughs> I mean, no one other than maybe Cody Zeller showed up to play versus a shorthanded, disappointing Pacers team that went on to get blown the fuck out by the Wizards. And they played it. They played in the first play game. So I'm sitting here watching this mess, thinking, "Is this what every game is gonna look like in the playing tournament?" Right. Um. Thankfully, that wasn't the case, and we got a couple of competitive games there. And look, it's not all bad for the Hornets. I can't sit here and just shit on them. I think we kind of knew that playoff experience was gonna be an issue for the Hornets, especially with Gordon Hayward out. Um, we didn't think that they'd get you know, blown out by the plate by the Pacers, but whatever. Um I think that they really surprised us this season. I think that they still overachieved. Um it would have been cool to see LaMelo in the play well, I don't know. With the way LaMelo played in the play in tournament, maybe he was better off not playing in the playoffs at all. But um look, they're hopefully they continue to build on this foundation that they set this year. Um, they've got a couple of questions going into the off season, a couple of contracts that they got to figure out and, and, you know, if all goes well there, they come back a little motivated next season and, and maybe we see the Hornets in the playoffs. Maybe we get some new Jordan memes in the playoffs. <laughs> For real. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But no, I, I agree with that too. That was spot on. Like, I mean, it, it, I mean, 74 points in the paint that Indiana scored in that game. They led by the largest 39 points. I mean, and then the thing is that's ironic about this. I almost mixed in. I almost put Indiana in the dud too as well. You go and look at them on Thursday night, and yeah, it's almost like they're on the the Charlotte Hornets end. <laughs> I mean, so you know, I I think 
not to complain about the games too much. I mean, because Indiana scored 115 points and Washington scored 142 points in that uh, second play-in game in the Eastern Conference to determine the AC. But I mean, it. Yeah, it 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 was the dud. The dud was definitely Charlotte of this entire playing tournament. I mean, whew, it everything was pretty close. Obviously, the Spurs and Grizzlies was close enough to maybe enjoy. You know, you got the prime time of Golden State in L.A. LeBron Curry. You got uh, Russell Westbrook on a Thursday night doing his thing. Um, and then Steph Curry and John Moran. I mean, look, the All Stars were there. You had a potential Rookie of the Year candidate in Lamelo ball playing in this so i i guess the the, the talent with the, the, sh- the showcase was there for your all-stars but it would just seem pointless to me you know but here we are we're, we're in the playoffs we made it playoffs baby we did it we're in it um that is it that's that's our little small preview for you guys um man robbie we made it we are we are officially outside of a bubble having playoff games crazy oh and with fans in the arena fans, yeah i'm excited like i'm some, excited some definitely. arenas are gonna be almost at full capacity yeah kind of crazy to think about it's dope that's cool it's man dope. it's nice there's some semblance of normalcy coming yes. back into our lives um and that's very exciting yeah absolutely any shout outs you have to end the show here today i got a quick one and it's not the best one i kind of came up with it on the fly because i completely completely forgot to come up with like a good viable shout out uh i'm gonna give a shout out to la olla mexican restaurant right up the road because i'm oh. about to tear up some mexican food as soon as i log off here that I'm is so here. funny <laughs> that is so funny man because i had we yeah mexican was on my mind today for sure really for sure. yo let me tell you something well you lived in arizona right so you know what's up like mexican food out here is is the real deal like you haven't tried good mexican food until you come to arizona gotta go to arizona for mexico all right all right that's fair um you know i i know i just want to give a big shout out to i just give a shout out here to our listeners you know always uh shout out to logan you know he's gonna listen to our playoff right here uh shout out to definitely shout out to gabe though we gotta shout out to gabe as always our fellow we missed you gabe come back we did man um you know obviously load management is the blame you know (laughs) i want some load management damn (laughs) Uh, where do I sign up for that? What do I got to do? Coach. Someone poke coach. me in the eye. I want to see three fucking baskets. I can't believe that, man. The man said he saw three baskets, man. Everybody come on, Chevy. That, when you heard that, you were like, come on, bro. I know I, I you was. were kidding you. The biggest LeBron stand, you're like, bro, come on. But, but you know, you still watch the replay. You smiled ear to ear, you know. Say, okay, the shot just... The shot put everything the fucking, into perspective here. The close-up shot of his face, and yeah. like I swear, there was he was wor- he was working over t- no load management on trying to get that t- a tear out. Dude, I just I just you know you know I thought about that shot. I said, who put whose camera? Like, how does this camera get here and get this angle so perfect? First it's of all, it's almost like it was scripted there for a second, and LeBron you was know, like, listen, close-up you know, of my face. I'm telling you, you know, man. It's you know the the theatrics, but I'm down for the theatrics. We we've been so deprived of theatrics in the NBA. We 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 ate it up. I loved it, and I had a very uh, joyous time on Twitter. I think we uh, ruffled some anti Chevy, LeBron. Chevy's fighting people, getting into Twitter feuds. No, I was just I was just What's tweeting, new? and everybody everybody was like, "Oh, well, LeBron James is well, you know, he needs help to beat, you know." <laughs> Like, look, he, look, it was Steph versus LeBron last night, and that's all we're talking about. That's all we're talking about. But, hey, you know what? I had fun. Um, I We definitely appreciate everybody listening. Uh, BaselineTimes.com. Check us out. Follow us at Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at BaselineTimes and Twitter as well. You know, and we just want to shout out one more time to those podcasters, uh, Robbie, because, you know, we're going to beat them. But, um, yeah, follow all those guys. Check out the Podcaster Bracket Challenge uh, featuring – uh, the sportsontap.com, uh, the dine with Josh Rodriguez, the close up magic with Stephen Cameron, and uh, our newest um, contestant, Mr. Uh, ben Barry, who's uh, unfortunately leading at this time. And wants, he wants a, a title, a belt when he wins. Sixers that... talk, this, oh this guy Sixers on this Sixers talk, talk podcast. Nah, we're, it's all good, though. 
It's all right, man. You know, you're up for now, but it's all good. We will be back. Um, I'm not sure how we're making our picks. We'll, we'll leave that um, undisclosed for right now until we are ready to announce the scapegoat when we lose. But <laughs> <laughs> that's how we that will go. We can't blow our cover just yet. Because yeah, we can't blow our cover. But uh, Rob, where can the people find you at? At Robin Hood with an H and a Y on the Twitter and the Gram. On the Twitter, the gram. You guys can find me at Baseline Chevy on Twitter as always. www.baselinetimes.com. This is the Shoot or Pass podcast. Robbie, what do, what do we usually say to end the show? I I'm gonna do my best. I was practicing in front of the mirror <laughs> a few minutes before. Okay, I I tried to cough as much as I could before this moment, <laughs> guys. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to live up to to the standard here, but here goes. <clears throat> Word. <laughs>